Let that pain take you right deep into the arms of Jesus. He's saying, before you were formed, I knew you. So don't you think that difficult thing that you may be going through? God already knew you before it. And therefore, he knows the answer. He already knows the solution. And the solution is already on its way. Say, it's already on its way. The answer's already been provided for. And it's already on its way. is watching his word to perform it say God is watching over his word to perform it are you giving him access to perform his word through you the question is are you giving him access to perform his word through you because God wants to move through you say God wants to work through me God wants to work through you Mr. Ron God wants to work through you I want you to turn to your neighbor and say God wants to work through you are you going to let God work through you? And God wants to work through you in increasing ways. God already is working through you. But are you going to let him work through you in increasing ways? Yes, absolutely. The Bible says in Matthew 22:14, if we can put that word up, Matthew 22:14, that many are called but few are chosen. Many are called but few are chosen. We need to live as one who is not only called, but chosen by God for this end time harvest. If you have your Bibles, just open up your Bibles to Matthew twenty-two fourteen. If you don't have your Bibles, you all have a phone, right? So on your phone, you can go right to Matthew twenty-two fourteen. If you don't have your phone, you have something to write with, correct? Write it down. You can go look at it later. And if not, then listen and learn. For the Spirit of the living God is going to speak, and you will add to your learning. Amen? So the Spirit of the living God, many are called, but few are chosen. It is our job to live as one who is not only called, but chosen. Say, I'm called, and I'm chosen. And that's two different things. I'm called by God, but I'm also chosen and I'm going to fulfill the call of God on my life. Say, I'm going to fulfill the call of God on my life. Did we not just read in Matthew 22:14, 14, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. You must walk as one that is not just called, but chosen. How? How? God is not a respecter of persons. If you want to be called and chosen, you can be. If you want to walk in the fullness of God, you can be right now, right here tonight. Tonight is the day of God's divine turnaround. If you say yes, if you say, Lord, I don't only be called, I want to be chosen for end time purposes. And you know, we do this by putting God first in everything that we do. We do this by putting God first. So go to Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Right? Right, mama? Aurora, right? Seek first.
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. When we seek first God's kingdom, when I seek first God's righteousness, then all of these things, everything I have need of is God. God says, I'm going to actually bring that into your life. I'm going to bring that into your life. But if I'm going to walk as a called and chosen one, I'm going to seek God first. So number one, we got to seek God first. Say, I'm going to seek God first. Everything that I do in my life, I want to seek God first. In good times and in difficult times, are you going to seek God first? That's a decision of our will. That doesn't always come easy, but it is a decision of our will. Say it's a decision of my will to seek God first. I want you to repeat this. I am not only called, but I am chosen to be God's mouthpiece. I'm an end time oracle. For the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes, you are. Say it again and act like you mean it. I'm an end time oracle for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let boldness arise in this room right now. Let the fire of God right now start to fill them. Let the boldness of the Lord. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as... So what keeps you from being bold? It's not the Lord. It's fear, fear of man, your own condemnation, the listening to the liar, right? Telling you, you can't be quiet. You shouldn't. But I'll tell you right now, God said, I've come to give you life. And he says, I've come to give you that life more abundantly. So we're going to walk in the abundant life. You're going to have the boldness of the Lord because you're not just called your chosen. chosen. Say you're not just called your you're called and chosen. So you're an end time oracle for the Lord, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What grieves him, we want to grieve us. Whatever grieves the Lord, we want that also to grieve us. Amen. We're not going to keep silent where God is not keeping silent. So in the day and in the hour that we live in, it's important that we realize that God is speaking in great volumes and he's using the few He's using the chosen. He's using the few to speak through. And I decree that's all of you. I decree it is all of you. That you will open up your mouth and with great boldness, you're going to speak God's abundant truth in your life. Amen. Matthew 7, 13 says, enter through the narrow gate. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. We need to know this church of God. And many enter through that. They, many enter through that wide gate, that broad road that leads to destruction. It's many enter, but God says you're going to enter through the narrow gate. Those that are called by God are going to recognize there is a calling, there is a price. There is a calling and there is a price. And those that are truly called by God have already counted the cost. And they're not going to let the cost limit them from the fullness of God, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes, no matter what you had to go through, and no matter what you still might have to. Right? Amen? Bold for him. Because when you've tasted and seen how good God is, nothing compares to that anyway. So are you an oracle of God? Yes, we are oracles of God. 1 Peter 4.11. Turn your Bibles if you have them. 1 Peter 4.11. This is what it says. This is not just for the pastors. It's not just for the apostles. It's not just for, you know, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, the fivefold ministry. This is for all of you. I want you to say, this is for me. She's talking to me right now. Say, she's talking to me right now. 
I'm talking to you right now. First Peter 4:11 says this, okay? It says, if anyone speaks, are you anyone? Are you in anyone in this room? If anyone speaks, so that includes all of you. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. Wow, what is God commissioning you to do? When you speak, you're going to speak on behalf of God. What? Yes. Well, somebody's getting the revelation. Yeah. When you speak, you're going to speak on behalf of God. You're an oracle of God. Anyone. If anyone speaks, you're going to speak on behalf of God. Let me finish reading the scripture. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. God supplies. Who's the supplier? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're living as one that is called. You're living as one that is chosen. You're living as an oracle of God. And you're going to do all things through the strength of God. That's what we just read. Through the strength of God. Let's continue reading. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory, the dominion, forever and ever. Say, I'm called by God. He formed me and he sanctified me. That means he set you apart. In a few minutes, you're going to witness in ordination. But I want to tell you right now, you're all sanctified, called by God, chosen by God to be the end time army for this end time harvest. So important that we understand this and we take our job as believing believers seriously. Amen. Because people are looking for truth. They are looking for answers. They're looking for hope. And we have it. We have it in Christ. And it's not a feeling, it's truth, which trumps feelings and obviously trumps lives, right? So our mindset must be set on the word of God. And when our mind is set on the word of God, we know what we carry, we know who we carry, and we know no matter what, we are dispensers for God's glory. Amen? You're a dispenser for God's glory. I see that over you every time I see you. I see the glory of God over you, the hope of God, the expectation. And I said to you, when you came up here, you haven't even seen the fullness because I truly believe that's what God's saying over you. Haven't even begun to see the fullness, but I know that you will because you're hungry. And hunger attracts heaven. Hunger attracts heaven. God loves it when we come as children, simple children, just simple faith, hungry for God, hungry for more of him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn to Jeremiah and in chapter 1, Jeremiah 1, 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. This is what the word of the Lord said to Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. But you know what? This is what the word of the Lord is saying unto you right now, that, that before he formed you in the womb, he already knew you. You were not an afterthought. God already, when he formed you, you were already known in the mind of God. You were already known. You were conceived in the mind of God before you were conceived by your parents. You were already known and already formed and already understood. You already had a purpose. You were already called before you came even to being. Amen? So you got to get a hold of that truth and recognize there is no spirit of rejection that can get down a believing believer that knows their calling of God, that they are the elect of God. You're the elect of God. So before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before, before you were sanctified, which means set apart, means set apart. Before you were sanctified, he said, I ordained you. That means he appointed you. See, I'm appointed by God. I'm set apart to do his will. As I do his will, more will be revealed. Some of you are wondering what the will of God is, but you're not doing the first thing you know to do. And you're wondering what's the second step. Do the first step. Little hint. Do the first step. God will show you the next. Be faithful in the little. He'll make you faithful in much. Be faithful in the little. But know this, know this, you're not an afterthought. God has called you. He's fashioned and formed you. You were already known in the mind of God before you were even conceived. God says, I already have a plan and a purpose for you. And for some of you, for some of you, you're walking in it or it's starting to be developed. For others, you have no clue. Say, that's okay, because God does. If you have no clue what God wants to do in your life, that's okay. Just be honest with him. That's okay. But say, Lord... I want to know. How many of you would want to know in this room? Like, yeah. How many of you are going to be a little more bold than this? Like, yeah, I thought there was a few more of you in here. Yeah. See, you know what I love? I want to know more. Do you think I have it all figured out? I want to know the fullness of what God has for me in my life. We all know in part, but God continues to reveal more as we press into what he's already given us. <laughs> when we press into what he's already given us, he says, oh, I see hunger. Oh, I see someone that's so tenacious after my heart. I see someone that just won't, they don't have a quit in them. I, I don't have a quit in me. Do you have a quit in you? No. Say that boldly. I have no quit in me. Get the word quit out of your vocabulary because there is no, where we're going, no, I'm serious. Where we are going as an army of God, we are the army of God. There can be no quit in you. However hard and however tough times may be, there can be no quit in you. Because even when times are difficult in the glory of God, God will bring forth God's beauty, his holiness, his joy, even in the midst of difficulties. Amen. No matter what, we're his, we're chosen. If God said, I just read it to you from Jeremiah. Before I knew you, before, before you were formed, I knew you. He's saying, before you were formed, I knew you. So don't you think that difficult thing that you may be going through, God already knew you before it. And therefore he knows the answer. He already knows the solution. And the solution is already on its way. Say it's already on its way. The answer's already been provided for and it's already on its way. 
Amen. Glory to God. So we're going to we're gonna we're gonna turn to First Samuel right now. Let's turn to First Samuel sixteen. Because God wants to entrust us with more. And, and, but we have to be ready to walk in that more. Got to be ready. See, I'm ready. I'm ready to walk in that more. So in 1 Samuel 16, we see the prophet Samuel anoint David. How many of you love King David in the Bible? Yeah? I, I love the story of King David. So 1 Samuel 16 and in verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. He said to the prophet Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. Fill your horn with oil and go. For I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself, say God says I have provided myself a king amongst his sons. See, Saul had been the people's choice, but David was God's choice. Amen. You're God's choice when you do it God's ways. You're God's choice when you give him your first, your best, your all. You're God's choice. I believe that if Saul would have kept his heart right, he would have become God's choice. But, God had a, but Saul had a choice, as we all do too, to keep God first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6.33, we all have a choice, right? And daily we get to make that choice. And when you mess up, God forgives, get yourself back up, make that right choice, right? Day by day, moment by moment. So Saul had been the people's choice, and you know, but God now was saying, I am making a choice, choosing David, a man after my own heart. Let's jump down to verse 5. Verse 5, right in the middle of verse 5, it says, Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons. Jesse was the father of, of David and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Why? Because God needed to anoint a next, he needed to anoint this king, the next king. And so he called them all and he says in verse 6, So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab, Eliab and he said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. Do not look at his appearance. Stop looking at the outside thinking you've got it figured out. God looks at the heart. God is looking at the heart. He says, do not look at the appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. He said, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so Jesse called Abinadab and made him passed before Samuel, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. So basically, he had seven sons that were passing before him. The Lord said, I didn't choose any of these. Seven sons, seven sons. No, I didn't choose this one. Nope, I didn't choose that one either. Nope, I didn't choose that one either. Is there not any more sons? He's saying, is there anyone else? Seven sons passed by. He says, I haven't chosen any of these. Are these all the men you have? And he says, well, there is one more. There is one more, but he's with the sheep. Wasn't even counted worthy to come into the lineup. He wasn't even called in. If a prophet came to your town, like if you were in this, if you lived in this day, because we believe God has prophets, right? We believe in all the fivefold ministry gifts. Can you imagine? The prophet comes to town. He says, I need to anoint the next king. 
And so he, he, calls, for, he calls for Jesse's sons. And, and Jesse brings almost all of them, but one of them he doesn't bring. He doesn't feel the need to call David from out of the sheepfold, bringing in that last son. It's the prophet that is in town, and somebody's going to be anointed as the next king. But God knows your address. Even though man didn't call him to the party, to the lineup, even though, even though man didn't call him, he wasn't forgotten in the eyes of God. Don't ever fear what people may do. Don't ever fear, don't ever fear what man may say or what man may do for you. Because it, honestly, God knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. When you're, being, when you're being treated in an unfair, unjust way, give it to the Lord. Watch him work it out for you. Trust God. Trust God. When, when things happen in your life and you go, this is so unfair, I'm being treated wrong, I'm being spoken of incorrectly, I'm stop, stop. Bless the individual instead and keep your eyes on Jesus. God, he, Samuel says, is there not any more sons? Is this all you have? Because God says no to all of them. He says, well, there is one more and he's out in the field. We'll call him. We're not doing a thing until you bring him here. God knows exactly what you've been through. God knows exactly the plan of God he has on your life. And he's not going to let any situation bypass you if you keep your heart right. It's always about keeping your heart right. Amen. Amen. And so he says here, he brings them and he, and he looks at him. He says, wow, you know, this good looking. He says, this one's got bright eyes. And then the Lord said, arise. Remember, he already said that to the other people. Here he said, wow, this one looks good. Wow, this one looks good. God says, no, no, he's not the one. Nope, he's not. So Samuel's like, oh, this one's good too. God says, get up. This is the right one. Anoint him. Arise. Anoint this one. Look at verse Look at verse uh, 12, right in the middle of 12. Arise and anoint him, for this is the one. This is the one. Say, Lord, choose me. Lord, choose me. Lord, use me. I am your vessel. I am your vessel. Use me for your glory. Verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. We're going to do that in a moment. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. David's brothers. It says at that, point, at that point, at that moment, the Spirit of God came upon him. It's not, just, it's not just any old service, any old time, just another day. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him for life. From that day forward is what it says. You know that that was only one out of three anointings that David received. And if you've got something that you were writing with, you got notes, I'm going to read these to you because I'm not going to turn there right now, but I do want you to write them down. This is the first anointing. What we just read is the first anointing. David was anointed in the company of his family. The second anointing, is found in 2 Samuel 2, 1 through 7. This is when David was anointed king of Judah. And the third anointing is found in 2 Samuel 5, 1 through 5. And that's when David was anointed as king of all 
of Israel. This is significant, church. This is significant because when David was first anointed, he was about 15 years old. When he was anointed in the midst of his family, he was about 15 years old. When he was anointed at the end, when he was, when he was anointed over all of Israel, he was 30 years old. And the Bible says that he served for 40 years as a king. Not perfect, but he served God as one who loved God and gave him his all. And a great example to each and every one of us. But do you see the progression? The first anointing was in the midst of his family. The second anointing, God says, because you've been faithful with the little, I'm going to trust you with more. So now he says, now you're going to be the king of Judah. And the third anointing, because he used what God gave him and it multiplied. When you use what God gives you, God entrusts you with more. That's exactly what we see in the life of David. The third anointing, he says, now I see that you're not just going to ignore what I've given you, but you're going to use it. And so now I'm going to, I'm going to give you more. And so he says, now I'm going to anoint you to be the king over all of Israel. Amen. And he said, yes. And he did so. And he did so well. Like I said, not perfectly, but he did so well. He's human. He was human, right? But God's, God's, God's grace and his favor and his hand was upon his life. You know what I find interesting in this is that God gives you what he knows you are ready for. Not necessarily what you think you're ready for, but he gives you what he knows you're ready for. But then he watches to see what you're going to do with it. He watches to see what you're going to do with it. God already knows the end from the beginning, and he knows what you're ready for. And when God gives you an increase, when he gives you something to do, and you just feel that tug in your spirit, somehow you just know, I don't know, but I feel like I need to step out. I feel like I need to minister to this person. I need to speak to that person. I need to do this. I need to... God just starts to speak something into your spirit, man. And you take that step of faith. God is watching to see, will you do something with what I am directing you or leading you to do? he knows the end from the beginning. But if you don't, it'll have to wait until you come back around that mountain. And I know none of you want to wait and waste time. God is in the acceleration business. I believe God is accelerating. I believe that God is accelerating and doing so many things. And the bottom line is, are you hungry and are you ready? Because God wants to do for you even what you don't even know or believe yet at this point in time so live as one that is not just called but chosen live as one that's going to represent christ well every day you have an opportunity to be an oracle of god are you going to take that opportunity mm -hmm.